recently at a council meeting, um, it was mentioned that there was a Bible study group in this church that was looking at um, Luke 16 about the dishonest steward. And um, it was then mentioned, yeah, we never hear a sermon on that uh, passage. Well, that's uh, kind of a challenge thrown to a pastor. So um, anyway, that's why we're uh, dealing with this uh, particular uh, passage, um, Luke 16. Now, the chapter that comes before, of course, is Luke 15. That's the chapter uh, dealing with the prodigal son, a very, very well-known parable. I just want to mention one word that we find there because the word is repeated in chapter 16, and that is the word squandered. Um, And where, where we read that the, the, the prodigal son, not long after the younger son got together, all he had was set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth on wild living. Um, the parable that comes right after this is another well-known parable, and that's the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And so it's very clear in that a parable that there is a connection between what we do here on earth and what we receive in in um, in heaven, and so um, that kind of points us already to some of the direction for Psalm or not Psalm um, uh, Luke chapter sixteen. Before I read it, let me just uh, ask the gods to bless this reading and this reflection. Father in heaven, we come to you again this morning and we thank you for the opportunity to, um, yeah, for your glorious saving plan through Jesus Christ that we celebrate um, this morning. And Lord, that we look forward, we really look forward to that that communion feast where you, Jesus, are sitting at, at the table. And so, Lord, help us to reflect on that period of, of time that that we reflect on on that and that part of our what we believe will be part of our lives our eternal life and so lord we ask your blessing on this reading and this reflection in jesus name amen and so now we come to luke 16 jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting, there's that word again, squandering, wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I am not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, 
and make it 450. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees, who loved money, heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. And he said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. So far. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, one crucial distinction between a human being and an animal is that the human being is able to think ahead. The human being thinks about a future. You know, your students are in school. Now, I don't know, maybe some of you really like to go to school, but maybe some of you don't like it at all. And so you're thinking to yourself, why in the world should I spend these days uh, reading and writing and studying and having to get up early and all, all that sort of thing? But of course you do it because you know that there will come a time when you need a career. And this is a time when you discover where your interests are, where your talents are. And so you can prepare because there is that block of time that is ahead. And so you are preparing for that. Some of you may be dairy farmers. And so you have a, a relatively small dairy operation. But you think, you know... I don't know if I'd be able to survive as a small dairy operation. And so I'd like to grow bigger. And, and so again, you, 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 you think about the future and you have to change some of your, your, your habits. You may have to save a little bit more today or you may have to borrow more or whatever because of the future, because you are planning. Um, 
probably know I'm, I'm, I'm a diabetic. And, and so when I was diagnosed a number of years ago, um, well, yeah, I didn't always take it very seriously because, well, if you, if you took something that you ought not to eat, it wasn't that you got zapped or anything. And, uh, but, but the doctors and, and, and medical staff, they try to insist and, and, and look, you have a future. Do you do you want to do you want to live at a time when you have all sorts of medical issues? And so live properly today. Some years ago I quit smoking and even to this day after many many years I I smell someone smoking and 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 there's something very very attractive to it. But why did I quit again? Because of that future block of time. And so that's where human beings are different than animals. We prepare for the future, and we do that by making provisions and maybe changing our lifestyles and, uh, today. There's another big block of time in our lives, and that's called retirement. Um, you know, when uh, some years ago when the Canadian pension plan, the average age, I think, was in the 60s or very 70. Well, that's changed now. My father uh, was, I think, uh, retired as long as he worked here in, in Canada. And so that can be a fairly big block of time. And so how do we prepare for that future? Well, there's pension plans, but one of the ways, of course, is the RRSP, the Re Registered Retirement Savings Plan, where during our, our uh, greater income years, we are able to put money aside, we are able to get um, uh, tax uh, savings from that, and then when, you t when you're in your 71st or 72nd year, you got to start taking that money out and then to pay taxes. But hopefully, then you're, you have a, a, a smaller taxable income and so you're not paying as much taxes. Well, I'll tell you that about that uh, maybe next year or the year after when I have to start paying those taxes uh, back again. But th so that's, that's the registered retirement savings plan because we... Yeah, we make provisions for the future. But there's another block of time, and that is, of course, eternity. What kind of provisions are we making today for eternity? You know, when we talk about, about retirement, being able to, be, uh, you know, maybe 30, 40 years or so, which is a long period of time in, 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 our, in our lives, but... When we talk about eternity, we think of John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace. When we've been there 10,000 years, we've only just begun. Well, what kind of provisions are we making for that period of time? And I believe Jesus is, in effect, challenging us and maybe even accusing us that we are not really making provisions for, uh, for that. We, we just go about our own lives and we think, well, as long as we believe in God or we believe in Jesus, that's good enough. And so he says, the world seems to be much shrewder in the way it, it 
prepares for the future, then the children of light are preparing for the future. And so in Luke 16, Jesus is challenging us. What kind of provisions are we making for the time when we will be cut off from the source of, of, of income? Will we be welcomed into eternal homes because of the friends that we have made? That's the challenge. That's the question that he is placing before us today. And so we look at this chapter and it begins then with this manager, with this steward. And this was, um, this was uh, yeah, quite... Uh, popular is the word, but, but uh, it certainly happened in those days that there was someone who was very rich who owned a great tract of land, and, and, and so there was a manager who had access to banking and, and had access to all the wealth, but he had to give a, an account um, to, to the owner. Um, it wasn't even that long ago, actually. I always thought my father, my grandfather was a, was a well-to-do farmer, uh, in the Netherlands, but I found out uh, that um, actually his land was owned by a baron, and this baron would come apparently every Boxing Day, every the second Christmas day, he would come in a great big car, a great big limousine almost, and he would he would ask for an accounting and he would ask for 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 payment. And so in that in that culture, this was fairly fairly normal. And so here was this manager. But this manager wasted the resources, wasted his master's money. The same word that is used, as I pointed out, by the prodigal son, who wasted his, his, the estate that his father had given him. He wasted it on wild living. And so how did this person waste the money? Well, it doesn't say here, of course, but you know how it can go. And so um, maybe instead of a $10 bottle of wine, he got a $100 bottle of wine. Instead of traveling economy, he would travel first class. And, and, and there's all sorts of ways, just like the prodigal son in wild living, that you can waste the resources. And probably focusing on yourself. I'm here for a good time. I want to live life for myself. And that's what the prodigal son did, and that's probably what this steward did also. And so one day he is called into the office. He is called in to give him an account. It doesn't seem that this, that this steward was fraudulent. It doesn't seem that he broke any laws. Otherwise, he might have been charged. Otherwise, he might have been put into court or put into jail. No, he was just wasteful. And so he was told to give, him, uh, give an account. And we, we suspect, even though it doesn't say here specifically, he was maybe given a month or two weeks or notice or whatever it was here. And at that point, um, you got to give it over to the next person that I've hired as a manager. Well, this steward, he thought to himself, mm, this, is, uh, this is not good. 
I'm going to be cut off from a source of in. I've been used to living high off the hog, so to speak. I've, been, I've had it easy. I've been able to use somebody else's money to, to enjoy myself. And does it get any better than that? And so he's, now, what am I, what am I going to do? I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not built for manual labor. And um, I'm too proud to beg. So what in the world am I going to do? And then he came up with an idea. What, else, what am I, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, all the creditors that, uh, that I, the, that he, he knows, I mean, he was, he was basically um, you know, the manager of it, everything, so he knew all those. And so I'm going to get into their good books. And so he combined Black Friday and Cyber Monday in one. And so he, he said, oh, you owe uh, 900 uh, gallons? Well, let's, I'll give you a 50% discount. Oh, you, you have 1,000 bushels of wheat? I'll give you a 20% discount. And these were only two of the representatives, and so there were probably many, many more. They changed change your account. Of course, this was not honest. This was dishonest, but yet he wanted to make friends. He wanted later on to be able to knock on the door. Yeah, remember me? Remember how I gave you that great, great bargain? And uh, oh yeah, yeah, well come in and, and uh, help yourself. And, and so he would be provided for. And so this is what he did. Now, we read here that the, that the owner that the commended him not for his dishonesty. Well, let's get that straight. He wasn't commended for his dishonesty, but he was commended for his shrewdness. He recognized that there was going to be a block of time. There was going to be a period of time when he would be cut off from his source of income. And how was he going to live in the life that he was used to living? And so this was the scheme that he came up with with. There is, by the way, I should just mention, uh, because it is, uh, you know, how can you, how can you commend a dishonest steward? Some people say that, um, well, there was taxes involved, in, and so you weren't allowed to charge a fellow, fellow Israeli um, uh, uh, interest, and, but they began to interpret that as you couldn't charge interest only for people who were needy. But those who could pay, you, could, you, would, you would put surcharges on. And so what the, what the steward then was doing, he was actually being very legal by taking off those taxes. Well, that's an explanation to somehow indicate that he wasn't that he wasn't dishonest. But most commentators, most commentators explain it as he was dishonest. This was not something that he was that he was allowed to do, but he was shrewd in terms of making those plans. And so what's the application for your life and mine? I believe in some ways it's very straightforward, actually. We are people like the steward. 
God says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. There is nothing of which I can say it's mine. I may look at my bank account and it has my name on it. But really, it is not mine. You may look at your farms, you may look at your land, you may look at your deeds, and it has your name on it. But really, it is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. And we have been blessed by God to be, have, to be managers of that. And let's be honest. We have, we have been able, for, for the most part, to live a very, very blessed life because of these things. But one day, one day, we may be cut off from those, those blessings, from that wealth. Now, yes, we can, uh, we can face bankruptcy or the oil prices can, 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 can dive and, and so we, we lose our jobs. And, and so, yeah, there's all ways uh, that we have experienced in the not-too-distant past of these things happening. But, of course, it is appointed for all of us at one point to die. And we know that we cannot take these things with us. And so the question that we have to ask that when we are cut off from these from this from this source of of wealth what are we going to do who's going to help us how are we going to dwell in these eternal in in these eternal realms that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. And there is, there is a close connection between what we do here in this life and in the future life. As I mentioned, the next parable deals with the rich man and Lazarus. So, yeah, we need, we need to do some reflection. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. Look, look at the people of the world. They're, they're, they're very good at at, at looking at the future and saying, okay, what do, I, what do I have to do to be able to, to live well at that time? Paul reminds us to fix our eyes not on what is seen, but that which is unseen. And so we had communion this morning, and we fix our eyes on, on Jesus. We fix our eyes on the one that one day we, we desire to sit with Jesus in glory, and that we will sit at his table. That, that is something that we want to reflect on. That's something that we, we want to experience. And so the way we use our resources, and that's not only financial resources, and we're not only talking about those who might uh, be considered themselves uh, wealthy. It could be time. It, 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 it could be all sorts of things that we, that we focus on. How do we make friends? How do we prepare for our eternal future? Jesus says, use worldly wealth, or sometimes he talks about unrighteous mammon, to gain friends so that when it is gone, when you have been cut off, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. And so, in other words, turn your economic 
assets into non-economic gain. Well, how in the world do you do that? What does that look like? Well, we are called to give. You know, the, 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 the figure that is usually used is, is the tenth, is the tithe. I've read somewhere that if, if Christians would, would seriously tithe, that there would be all sorts of funds to do all sorts of things. And, but it's not only, what do we tithe to? Well, we have collections this morning, as I, I noticed, it's for the mustard seed in, um, in, in Red Deer. Well, imagine one day, okay, you're just giving your, your, your money, but imagine one day in, in heaven someone comes up to you and says, thank you, thank you for supporting the mustard seed because it was at that place that I, that I turned my life around. What a, what a welcome that is. We give to various causes through, through, the, through the church offerings. We think of Back to God Ministries working in, in they just appointed a new Arab-speaking minister in, in, um, in Japan, in India, in Russia, and all over the world. And, and so again, imagine, imagine a Japanese person coming Thank you, thank you for supporting the Back to God ministry. Well, how, how, how did I do that again in terms of, in terms of your, your, your giving or, or we're supporting missionaries or in all sorts of ways that we are able, we are able, and it's not just simply something that we have to do, but we are wanting to make friends. We are wanting to be welcomed. And I know that that sometimes can be, oh, I give because for selfish reasons. No, because there's this desire for that fellowship that we may have. And so we use, we use our earthly possessions to, to make friends. And we might use it, you know, um, talk about RSPs. Well, there's the registered plans. Well, maybe, maybe the, the King's University could use some of some of those assets. Um, I don't know really anything about it, but um, uh, I know in this community you're starting to build out the Dakaras Karas home, I believe, uh, for for uh, senior citizens, for a faith community to dwell together, to be provided for. And maybe maybe this is a way in which we can support and. And so, again, that people will, maybe even on this earth, but certainly in, eternal, in eternity, say, thank you. Some of the best years of my life were spent together with fellow Christians, and, and, you, and you made it happen. And so so you're, you're, thinking, you're thinking beyond just yourself. You're not just wanting to waste it only on yourselves, but you are are thinking about preparing for that realm. We need to recognize that money, of course, has a money does have a tremendous hold on us. It can have a tremendous hold on me. 
read here about the Pharisees. They loved, they loved money. And we know how, how what, a, what a powerful thing that can be when uh, I've seen estates and families and there's, there's, been, there's been bickering, there's been division, there's been hard, hard feelings. And uh, because, because of these, because of the love of money, God knows your heart. God knows mine. I pray that he may see in us a strong desire to use the resources we have to make friends, be it with circle of friends, be it with, with offerings uh, uh, through our children, through our grandchildren, in all sorts of different ways that we will be blessed and that we will be welcomed. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support that you showed in all these different ways. And that way we gain treasures that will last for eternity. Soon it will once again be RRSP season. Well, think of it as today. We are in RRSP season. Time to invest in the radiantly refined savings plan administered through none other than Jesus Christ himself.